Yellich sends one to right center and deep. Get up! Get up! Get out of here and go! For Yelich, he has tied the game with a booming home run. He got it all. Tied up 4-4 on a big home run the pitch. Ryan Braun sends it to right center and deep. Get up! Get out of here and go! Ryan Braun, he just hit a walk-off by the Wisconsin Sports Trilogy, the podcast for not them diehard Brewer fans, but also for those fans who enjoy cheering for a team that revolves around beer. My name is Tyler, aka T-Plush, your host for the show. I'm a contributor for reviewing the brew for Fansighted and one of the founders of the Wisconsin Sports Trilogy podcast. You can find all the work we do on Twitter at Trilogy underscore pod. As always, I'm joined with good buddy Trevor, aka Sunshine Bender. You can find him on Twitter at Bender underscore Trevor. He is the host of the Packers Trilogy podcast, which is definitely worth the listen, seeing how week one of the NFL season is going to be beginning very shortly. So we'll be recapping the Tigers series today. Before we get to that, how are you doing today, buddy? I'm doing well. As you mentioned, the Packers season is right around the corner. NFL football is, well, as you guys are listening to this, it's today. We get some NFL football, and I am super fucking pumped about that. And, you know, especially after seeing the score of this Brewers game, that makes makes everything even more better because I was not able to watch the game as it was at fucking 1230 during the week, so I was working. But I checked the score after work, and I just was dumbfounded by that score. I did not know the Brewers were capable of doing something like that. Yeah, I don't think anybody was. I was watching the game cast during my lunch hour, but I only saw us put up the first run. And then, of course, they go up to put up 18 more after that. Just utterly ridiculous. So let's back it up here. Let's, as always, go through a quick little recap of this two-game series here. Game one was an 8-3 to Brewers loss. That was the game in which Adrian Hauser was on the mound. And... Contrary to his previous starts, he was striking batters out early. He had six batters fanned in his first four innings of work. However, that fifth inning was just a complete disaster. He was unable to finish it. Ends up leaving with the bases loaded, and then Brett Suter gives up more runs that get add on to Adrian Hauser's final stat line. But in the inning before Hauser left, he needed a ground, a, a double play, a ground ball to end the inning, and he got it. And Luis Urias kind of hesitated a little bit, throwing over to second base because he's playing third base, mainly because the base runner was in the way. And as a result, he just threw the first and got the safe out, which extended the inning. And then it was just absolutely disaster after that. The, the Tigers end up scoring five runs in that inning. Offensively, same shit, different day for the Brewers. They got runners on in the third through the fifth innings. They grounded into 
three consecutive double plays there at, during those innings, and they were all different. One was a one to five to three double play. The other one was a six to four to three, and then the last one was a four to six to three double play. The Brewers finished the game 0-7 with runners in scoring position. Game two, the opposite. Brewers show us some hope. 19 to zero, as I mentioned earlier, they hit five home runs and eight doubles. They had a couple candidates who hit the who hit consecutive doubles. That was Avisil Garcia, Luis Urias, and Tyrone Taylor each had two. And then Jed Jerko had two home runs. The Brewers were 10 of 20 with runners in scoring position, which just has to make you chuckle for how awful they've been all season. Of course, they use it all up in one game. From the offensive standpoint, uh, Luis Urias had five RBIs, led the ball club in that regard. And then Corbin Burns was just incredible, going seven innings strong, striking out 11 batters, only giving up one hit and threw just 90 pitches. He has now lowered his season ERA to 1.99. So what are your thoughts on this brief two-game series, Trevor? Uh, it's more of the same for the year, right? More inconsistency, especially offensively. And just the team in general has been very inconsistent all year. You go from losing eight to three in the first one and no one being particularly good on either side pitching or hitting. And then you go into literally the next day, not even 24 hours later, and the Brewers just look absolutely phenomenal. Pitching is great. Give up two hits in nine innings, score 19 runs. I mean... (laughs) It, it was just incredible, uh, a great performance. And it and it never – the thing that sucks about this Brewers season and the reason why we're sitting here in early September and not talking more about, you know, playoffs and winning the division, things like that, the Brewers are 19 and 22 because they have these great games. They have a couple great games, but they can't string anything together, and they string more losses together than they do wins. And, and that's the biggest concerning thing and something that if they want to make the playoffs, they got to string some wins together. And it, it's kind of got to start from here on out. And I'm, we'll talk about it a little bit later, but the Brewers really got to get going and they have to get going now if they want a chance to make it into the playoffs for a third consecutive year. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I agree there. I guess the important part to remember with your thoughts there is that the Brewers also aren't getting swept every series, right? Sure, they're losing a few more than they're winning, but what, have we been swept this year? Maybe once, if I, I can't remember off the top of my head, but they can usually salvage a game in a series or, you know, sometimes yeah, two. they got swept game. by the Pirates. Oh, thanks for reminding me. Fuck that. <laughs> yeah, that series I feel like is where my faith for the year had it's been like slowly going down since that series because we talked about that before that series started because it was three games against the pirates. Then I think it was four against the reds and then four against the pirates. And we said going into that stretch of games, we need to win five against the pirates. And they were only able to win three because they took three out of four in the next series, which would have been fine if they would have won the series before that. But anyways, Let's not talk about the year as a whole because I do want to get into this actual series because it was it was a fun it's fun to see the Brewers offense kind of explode a little bit. It is not something we've seen 
very often. It's been very few and far between. And I was just incredibly happy to see the Brewers get some offense here. And like I said, they got to kind of continue to do this and be more consistent in doing this. But you look at most people that hit in this series, they all got on base, whether that be walks or hits. And actually, Tyler does a nice job of laying out stats for me for the series. And it looks like everyone that batted in the series got a hit. So that's great news. And that's something we want to continue to see. Um, I feel like every fifth day I am like bragging about Corbin Burns, but Again, he continues to be incredible. ERA is now 1.99, which is absolutely incredible. And I was just looking at Twitter before we started recording. David Gasper, he's a he's a big fan of Corbin Burns and one of the big ones on Twitter that is constantly saying how good he is, all those types of things. And he's like Cy Young candidate and he posts some of his stats for the year, he's really doing an incredible job. And at this point, I do think there might need to be some national attention drawn to Corbin Burns. Maybe he doesn't win it, but I do think he probably deserves some votes for NL Cy Young at this point. Or am I just crazy, Tyler? (laughs) Well, first off, David Gasper might have actually been a bigger Corbin Burns Corbin Burns fan before you, which is really hard to believe for as big as you are on him. In terms of Cy Young, I mean, there are some other good NL pitchers out there, but you are right in saying he deserves some consideration. I mean, you take a look at what he's been doing this year, and in particular, there's a stat over his last 19 innings, he has not allowed an earned run. In this entire series, he's given, or entire season, he's given up 22 hits and 45 innings. He has 64 strikeouts, and batters are hitting just 142 against him. So those are, are some serious numbers he's putting up there, and he's he's got the stuff to do it. Like we talked about with Jack Stern, we've got this new revamped 2020 version of Corbin Burns out there. So a few Cy Young votes, I, I you know I'm I think that's definitely in the realm, especially if he keeps us up over the last two or three weeks of the season here. The thing that I saw. I pulled up the tweets. So it's Corbin Burns stats and NL ranks at these different stats here. So the first one is hits per nine. He has 4.37 hits per nine. That's first in the NL. 12.7 Ks per nine. That's second. 0.2 home runs per nine. That's second in the NL. 1.99 ERA. That's fourth. 0.9 whip that's fourth and 64 k's that is fifth in the nl that at least deserves to be in contention for that award and if he continues what he's been doing you know he puts another outing like this in before the end of the year and then his other starter to whatever he's going to be able to get through the end of the year and he just is solid what he's been all year, but has one outstanding outing like this again, I definitely think he's going to be in consideration because at that point that ERA might go down even a little bit more. And I can't imagine those hits per nine Ks per nine, the whip, all of that stuff. I can't imagine it's going to go up a bunch if he continues to pitch the way he is. So I definitely think that, yeah, he might not win it, but Being in consideration for that is absolutely amazing. And 
that's going to get me super fucking hyped for 2021 because I think Brandon Woodruff's going to come back and pitch closer to what he was in 2019 than what he has been so far in 2020. And if Corbin Burns keeps this up, that's going to be a hell of a one-two punch at the top of the rotation for the Brewers. And that would be two aces at the top of the rotation. Yes. So looking at some of the MLB leaders in terms of starting pitchers, Corbin Burns currently has the fifth lowest ERA. So ahead of him is Fareed, DeGrom, Darvish, Bieber in that order. So Bieber is the leader in the entire MLB. And while Corbin Burns certainly has the least amount of starts, mainly because he started the year in the bullpen, he does have he has given up the least amount of hits compared to all these other guys, and their innings pitched are pretty comparable, minus Bieber, who's kind of running away with that one there. He's over 12 more innings than Corbin Burns. So, yeah, like you said, I, I think there should be some consideration there, and I, I'm excited. That, that is a good one-two punch you were talking about with Woodruff and Burns for years to come here. Another guy who struggled in this series, though, and who we've been talking about him before, he certainly has the stuff to be good, but just hasn't recently, is Adrian Hauser. His final stat line just looks terrible for the, his last start. He went four and two-thirds innings, gave up four hits, two walks, got tagged with five earned runs. So, of course, a lot of that was the hits that Brett Suter gave up in relief. But, of course, Adrian Hauser loaded up those bases in the first place. So it was, it was kind of his fault. And there was a hit batter in that fifth inning as well, too. But I know you mentioned off there, Hauser needs to get his shit together. Um, but I do think he was maybe just a victim of some bad luck here, which really helped, which really inflated his ERA after his, his last start. But what else do you have on Hauser? Yeah. If you haven't gone and listened to that conversation, the podcast before, our last one before we talked to Jackster and we talked about Adrian Hauser quite a bit. Make sure you go back and listen to that because I bring up what Jack said on Lockdown Brewers and all that kind of stuff. And I think that is kind of continued to be the case. And yeah, he might ran, might've ran into some bad luck here and you know, that's going to happen from time to time. I don't care how good you are. You're going to have times where you run into bad luck as a pitcher in the MLB. That's that's just the way it is. There's there's no two ways about that. But I do think he needs to perform a little bit better because it is getting to a point where you can't just say his, you know, 5.48 ERA on the season is all inflated due to bad luck because he's just not pitching as well as we would hope and as well as we would want him to. And it's something that he's got to continue to work on. You know, you look at some of his other stats, 1.45 whip. Again, if you don't know what that is, that's basically base runners per innings pitch. So he's allowing basically one and a half guys on per inning. And that's going to lead to some guys getting hits and getting runs around on him. So that's something that you want to consider, you know, his field independent pitching you know which tries to incorporate luck and take that out of the equation and just tell you how he's pitching according to baseball reference that number is at 4.69 and again his era is at 5.48 so he's pitching a little bit better than his era but he's still not he still doesn't have that great stuff 
that we saw last year. You know, you look back at those stats, his field independent pitching last year, 3.88, his whip last year, 1.2. And again, those numbers this year are 4.69 and 1.45 respectively there for field independent pitching and his whip. So something's got to change. To me, Jack has got me convinced that it's his how he is using his pitches and how often he is using his pitches. Basically, his approach this year has changed, and it hasn't worked. So at some point, whether it be, you know, they're going to try to let him finish out this year and hopefully he can figure it out with this new approach or what it happens to be. But at some point we need to go back to that old approach because it worked really, really well last year, as I mentioned with some, some great numbers in more a considerable amount, amount of more innings pitched. He pitched 111 last year. He's at 42 this year. So he did it for a much longer time. So why, why aren't we back to that? Why aren't we back to that guy that was pitching much better? And he did, he pitched better in 2018 too. Granted, that was a very, very, very small sample size. Yeah, and with his approach, it felt like in his last start here the other day, like we talked about how his fastball has the swing gets generates a lot of the swings and misses, and it seemed like that he was throwing them more, at least to the naked eye, in game one of the series because he had a lot of ugly swings on essentially what is his two-seamer that just rode in to right-handed batters. I By the time I realized, I was like, man, I should have started a tally for ugly swings by Tigers batters because it was getting up there. I don't have the exact percentage breakdown from his last start, but you can maybe see the results there with his six strikeouts in those four and two-thirds innings pitched over that last start. So I think he did start to use it a little bit more, at least in that last start which is kind of where I was alluding to with maybe it was maybe just some bad luck because he was pitching well up until the fifth inning but of course we have to see him see what he does over time in terms of an approach so let's switch over here to our series MVP and series dud So hopefully I did not steal any of the players you planned on talking about, but who was your MVP for this series? Well, unfortunately, Tyler, you stole both of the guys that I was going to talk about. Um, anyways, I, I am going to go with Corbin Burns. I think you could choose any number of guys offensively, just strictly because they offensively they went off in this game. But... Corbin Burns has been so consistent this year. I think he's probably only had one outing where he's given up three or more. If I remember correctly, I don't have the stats up right now, but he he has been really, really good all year, and that's why I'm going to give it to him again because, yeah, the offense was great. It was awesome to see, awesome to watch. Um, you know, Jed Jerko, Ulysses Urias were both four for nine. You look at some of the other guys, Ryan Braun, three for four with a home run and three RBIs. Uh, Taylor, four for six, two doubles, a home run, three RBIs. Like, great, great production there. But, you know, for one game, yeah, that's that's awesome. I love to see it. But Corbin Burns has been so damn consistent, and I think that deserves some 
more attention, and I'm just going to give him back-to-back series MVP for me in terms of when he's pitched last. I, eh, maybe not. I gave it to Yelich against the Tigers and then Burns against the Pirates. So maybe uh, that probably wasn't the last time he pitched. Anyways, he's he's been really, really impressive, and he deserves it in my eyes. Yeah, I get your point about not picking an offensive MVP this series, but I'm going to do it anyway, and I do think it is justified. So I'm going to go with the guy I've been high on most of the season here in Jed Jerko. He finished the series four for nine. He hit two home runs in that second game. Did have three RBIs, but one of those RBIs came in game one, and he collected hits in both of the games this series. Did draw one walk and only struck out once as well. But I, you know, I've been saying he needs to get more playing time, and then it seemed like most of Brewers' Twitter was on board with that. And then, of course, he left on the bereavement list for a short period of time there, and now he's back. So I think his playing time is going to continue, even with Daniel Volgebach, who is going to be primarily DH because. Crazy as it sounds, I don't think he played a single game at first base for the Mariners this year. He was the DH the whole time. So he is not someone that I don't think Council is going to throw into the field. So it's going to be Jerko over there at first base. And he continued to hit this series in both games, which is why I'm giving him the nod for MVP here. Yeah, and you said you've been high on him all year. But remember who put him in the leadoff spot. <laughs> we haven't seen that yet though but you did do that <laughs> <laughs> who do you got for a series dead it was a guy we talked about and part of the reason why i'm doing this is because i had a lot a lot a lot of high hopes for him coming into the year thinking that he would make a kind of big statement this year I honestly thought he was going to solidify that number two role. And obviously Corbin Burns has done that this year. But Adrian Hauser to me was a guy that's been pretty disappointing for me, especially recently. I feel like every time out there, it gets a little worse. And I do think there's definitely something to the, he pitched into some bad luck in this one. But to me, the, it's still... He's not pitching this. He's not the same guy as we saw last year. It's not anywhere close. And I want to see him take steps back. Now, I know he probably doesn't have a lot of starts left, uh, but with a lot of doubleheaders left, they might have to shorten rest periods maybe with because the Cardinals series are, or Cardinals games are going to be coming hot and heavy here pretty quick. So, to me, it's a guy I'm putting on this because he has been struggling recently, but it's also a guy that I am looking for, you know, in the next couple starts that he has to see if we can start seeing him turn it around a little bit. And just like we've been saying basically all year for the offense is little steps. Let's see them start to turn around. Let's see Christian Yelich start to hit a little bit more consistently and Keston Hira and all those guys. It's the same thing I want to see with Adrian Hauser. I want to see him start figuring this out and start pitching to the capability that we know he can. And that is why I'm going to put him on my dud. And for those wondering, Tyler and I obviously did not do the Indians or MVP and dud tracker last year or last t- series because Jack Stern did it. But the time before that I had Lynn Bloom and Hauser. So that's two in a row for Hauser. We need to, we need to pick it up a little bit, Adrian. 
There you go. Light a fire under him. So I'm going to go my series dud with the guy who I thought attributed to the bad luck in Hauser's stat line, and that's Brett Suter. And he's really been good all season, but in this Tiger series, he comes in with the bases loaded, just needs to get one freaking out and can't do it, surrenders three straight hits. He ends up getting tagged with one of the earned runs and then eventually finally gets a strikeout to end the inning. But that real that fifth inning really blew the game wide open and was just it took a took the breath out of you as a Brewers fan to see the lead just keep slipping away there in that inning. So while he's, I think he's been good all season, Brett Suter is going to be my dud. And as you were talking about the Cardinals series, you got me thinking we might actually see Suter start one of those games. He did start earlier this year, so we need need in tip-top shape here coming up. But before the Cardinals series, which is going to be next week, we have a weekend series against the Cubs. So three games. It's the last three games that we'll play against the Cubs all year, assuming postseason. We will see Woodruff versus Lester, Anderson versus Hendricks, and then Mills versus Hauser. So uh, you're telling me here, Trevor, you have one more honorable mention, and then let's get into the Cubs series. <laughs> yeah, so this isn't something that he did especially great in this series, but it's just a guy I feel like we haven't talked enough about and is having himself a pretty great year, and that's Eric Yardley. Like, I feel like we mention him from time to time, but we have not given him the credit that he has deserved so far this year. Um, had another good outing in in the blowout win, you know, just one inning pitch, gave up a hit, but didn't allow any runs, no walks, anything like that. He has a 1.59 ERA on the year, and yeah, I know he's typically in there, only in there for an inning at a time and things like that, and that ERA can get exploded pretty quickly when you're only out there an inning at a time, but he has been very consistent and has done a very good job out of the bullpen. And I just think that we needed to say his name and he deserves some, some credit here because he has been pitching extremely, extremely well for the Brewers this year. Yeah. I thought that Yardley was actually someone who was going to get the innings that David Phelps got when he left those high leverage spots. Um, I just don't think we've really had a good situation for him to go in to date here since Phelps has left. I think there was one outing where Devin Williams pitched two consecutive innings. So that kind of eliminated having to choose someone to go in there. That was a game that uh, Josh Hader got blown up with in the ninth, unfortunately. Um, so we haven't really found like David Phelps's high leverage replacement yet, but Yardley certainly could have been one of the guys for most of his innings this year have come in non-stress situations he has been used seldomly but it just has not been a considerable amount so with the Cubs series coming up here last three games to date right now as we're recording this and the Cubs have yet to throw their first pitch tonight they are up five games on the Milwaukee Brewers for the NL Central lead do you think there is any chance the Brewers will catch them or the Cardinals, I guess, for that matter, who are three games behind as well. Is anyone going to catch the Cubs, or do they pretty much have this locked up here? Well, I think they could. Now, for the Brewers to catch them, they probably have to sweep the series, because you think they sweep the series, then it's a two-game differential then, and then at that point, it's it's anyone's division. I think... 
there's a possibility. I don't think it's extremely likely, but I do think the Brewers or the Cardinals could reach them. But obviously, you have to win your games against that team if you're going to catch them. But for me, the thing that I'm looking at is the Cardinals series. I think they're more important for the Brewers because, as you mentioned, it's it's still probably not going to be an easy feat to come back from five games. So why don't you go out, win your games against the Cardinals if you happen to beat the Cubs a couple times take the series but don't sweep them, and then you go out and win your games against the Cardinals, then the Cubs have to kind of keep their foot on the gas and keep winning games in order to win the division. But then at least you're kind of securing yourself in that second spot and still putting pressure on the Cubs, but more so getting St. Louis out of that second spot and cementing yourself into that second spot, which... It's going to be important this year. You know, getting that second spot is a lot more important this year than it has been in previous years. So I think more importantly, they need to win the games against the Cardinals. But yes, I do think it's possible, but not all that likely. Yeah, you know me, optimistic Brewer fan. I'm telling you, we're going to catch the fucking Cubs. (laughs) But I do agree with your assessment. Uh, It does seem unlikely, but it is possible. I mean, the Brewers went on a tear last September and played some played well about 500 when they'd played 500 all year um so while there is only two two and a half weeks left in the season anything could happen but looking at the weekend series i think in terms of pitching matchups it's important that we're at least missing you darvish who as i mentioned earlier is in the top five for the mlb in terms of lowest era so he's having a good season so at least we get to miss him but, of course, we'll see Kyle Hendricks, who, as we know, opening day is still painful memory in my mind. But what else are you looking for in this Cubs series in particular? Typically, I like to talk pitching matchups or things like that. For me, I am just looking for the Brewers to kind of continue the momentum that they had. You know, let's go in and take two from Chicago and then kind of start the start the comeback for the September run that we were all hoping and praying for, um, you know, at this time last week for the Brewers to kind of start that. And they, they really haven't, they won the last game of the first two game tiger series on the second, and then one seven to one against the Indians. And you were like, okay, let's go. And then they lose three straight. So let's take this big blowout of a win And let's take two from the Cubs and then let's try to figure it out because we got a lot coming up against the Cardinals after that Sunday game is over. Then it's the Cardinals for five. Then we got the Royals for three Reds for three. And then we got the Cardinals for five again to round out the year. So it's a big time. And it's, this is the point where the, Brewers need to figure it out. We need to get the momentum going and just look consistent game to game, you know, even inning to inning at times. I feel like this team looks different, so different from inning to inning. So I want to see a little bit more consistency. Let's use this momentum that this offense has gained from this big outpouring of runs and let's start the upward climb back to postseason back to second place and hopefully back to putting the Cubs below us where they belong. 
Yeah, absolutely. Building momentum is key, and it all starts on Friday with Brandon Woodruff, who we've been talking about needs to get back on track. And what better way for him to do it against the Cubs here to get the Brewers to a two-game winning streak? I know, it's been rare all year, but it's very important right now, as you mentioned, with only four series left in the entire year. So we will be back on the podcast here after the Cubs series. So next podcast coming out on Monday the 14th with all of that recapped action coming your way. So make sure you check that out. And we'll also have a Packers trilogy podcast up as well for the Packers will have played on Sunday. So lots of exciting things to look forward to here as a Wisconsin sports fan. But until we talk to you later on the Brewers trilogy podcast, peace out Brewer fans. Justin Burns. <laughs>